Welcome to Earned Wisdom for Accomplished Female Leaders. You've done it all. You've walked the tightrope of success and accomplished so much in your career. Now what? How do you keep redefining your success and expanding your emotional well-being? Join us to hear talk on mindset, motivation, and your growth in handling the challenges you've experienced both in circumstances and with yourself as a leader. Welcome to Earned Wisdom for Accomplished Female Leaders with your host, Tracy Crossley. Hi, welcome to Earned Wisdom for the Accomplished Female Leader. And yes, that is a different title than what you've heard. It is no longer the power of me. And that is because I have been interviewing so many amazing accomplished women that I felt earned wisdom really says more than the power of me. Although the power of me is a great title as well. And I feel the topics that I'm discussing are really for women who have been in corporate for a while or entrepreneurs or running small businesses or what have you. And I really want that to be the focus because it is earned wisdom. So, hey, what am I talking about today? Well, you've seen it more than once in your career and here it is again. Will it ever just go away? Sales were going well up until 60 days ago. And no matter what your lead generation team or sales team or you, if you're a solopreneur, are feeling like, you feel you hit a wall. You've had slow times before, but at this point, whatever you have done is not moving the needle. So thankfully, your retained clients are covering the bills, but you can only renew so many contracts before you run out of clients to renew. Unfortunately, it is starting to trigger you. You wonder if the business is a sinking ship or it's just a dip in the current. You've been here before and you don't know why you feel the way you do about it, but you have some fear and you're worried that this time it might be different. This time might be doomsday. So what if this is the time everything does go into the toilet? What happens? And you finally lose it all, right? The worst fear, the most irrational fear, by the way. So let's get into this. The experienced leader, of course, is a savvy, smart, and strategic female. Okay, no doubt about that. Even in times like this, where self-doubt comes up, rising up from your feet, threatening to sink you, hey, we have a part of us that is wise enough to know that's just temporary. But the part that doesn't, right? That small, conditioned, little ego, yeah, that part, that part is thinking, why the fuck is this happening again? That is the part that feels defeated. And even if it's just for a minute that you feel defeated, even if it's a second, okay, the gut drop, whatever it is, before you switch gears, even if it's more complicated than you want to acknowledge, you're going to swim to the surface. But that's adult you. That's not conditioned you. Okay, adult you believes in yourself. Conditioned you does not right? Unfortunately, our conditioning is the basis of everything we seem to respond to or react without consciousness to. And so at this point, you can revisit loss on the job. And and what that does is it triggers feelings of unworthiness in the most seasoned of us. It really does. And it can have you questioning your leadership skills, especially when it's not apparent how the crisis works 
or issue even arrived, right? Like it came out of the blue and you're thinking, God, we were tracking everything. We were doing great, like I said, 60 days ago and boom, what happened? So the business you lead may have been doing really well up until then, right? And then when the leads are drying up or new clients start to dry up, you sat down with your team, you discussed different strategies, tried and true tactical options. You've done pretty much everything, right, in marketing and sales. And then 30 days have gone by, still nothing. Another 30 days goes by, still nothing. Perhaps you maintain your composure to the rest of the world, right? But inside, inside you feel personally punished, or at least you are disturbed that what was going so well has hit a desert of opportunity. So as a leader, of course, it's hard not to personalize or feel the same thing is happening again. Perhaps it happened several times. It doesn't have to be about revenue, by the way. It could be maybe you've hired over and over and you have a high turnover rate, right? You keep thinking, okay, I'm getting great people in here and then something happens and okay, I have to fill that position again, right? Whatever the problem is, why is it on repeat? And can you stop this avalanche of self-incrimination? And better yet, what about your pattern of reaction? Can you stop that too? Oh, yes, you can. Yep. Uh, But first, is this a problem or should I say problems? Because usually it's not just one, especially for those of you that tend to be problem solvers, you're always looking for a problem to solve. Literally, not everybody does that, just FYI, okay? So, and I know because, hello, I can raise my hand and say I look for problems all the time. I was just trying to find solutions constantly. Anyways, it's a problem because it weighs you down as a leader, right? It makes you not only have to dig to dig deep, but wonder if it's a shovel you're burying yourself with. Innovation, of course, is always key, but sometimes things shift in a business in small ways before it looks like that avalanche is careening down the mountain. A lot of times we miss that, especially when we're so focused on the bigger picture. And you believe you should have seen it coming, or what if you knew it was coming, but nothing seemed to stop it. Whatever the scenario is, how it impacts you and how it impacts your business, I mean, it affects the entire business, right? Because however you're impacted, it impacts everything around you, the people around you, the actual business, your clients, everything. So most of us would be lying if we said, no, my business or my job aren't something I personalize. Most of us feel not good enough when we see something negative repeating itself. We take it on as though it's our fault versus our responsibility. Yeah, there is a big difference between those two words, being at fault or being responsible. In either case, so being at fault means that the results are something you screwed up, But the truth is, we don't have any control over results. We have control of what we do and what we say until we get to the result. But we can't have, you know, if there's a tornado that happens in the middle of your project and you have to deliver it in the morning and you no longer have office space to get it done or internet or anything else, it can't really be your fault. And it really isn't your fault. I mean, I'm trying to show how ludicrous it is when we get into this whole fault versus responsibility. Taking responsibility is an empowered thing to do. It means, yes, I'm in charge. Yes, I steered the course as best as I could. 
and I cannot do much about those results that happened, but I can keep moving forward and not dropping into depression or angst or anything else. Because most of us, even if it, again, doesn't appear on the outside that we're doing that, on the inside, we can absolutely feel that way. So one, you know, again, feels empowering and the other like a sack of shit. So it's a problem when your expectations of not finding yourself in the same place again at this point in your career outsize your reality. And when it has you feeling like you're 10 years old again, especially if you feel it was your mistake, you need a culprit, right? Oh, who can I blame? What can I blame? And that is bad leadership. We don't want to do that. We don't want to do that because it sets a precedent and your people will not trust you or feel loyal to you if you're always hanging somebody to dry for whatever has happened. And that's why you take responsibility, right? Not blame. Again, not looking at, oh, it's your fault. No, we're not in kindergarten, right? Okay, so I just like to hit these points home because these were things I needed to have hit home. I've had to go through this and I am just letting you know you're not alone, okay? Wake up statement. You are a wealth of knowledge and experience. Everyone knows it, but you don't feel it. Instead of beating yourself up when it's Groundhog's Day, look deeper into what is triggering you to turn on yourself. Okay, so I'm going to share a little bit about a client of mine. So we're giving her the name Veronica because I cannot share the real name of my clients. So anyway, she's a doctor and she's part of a bigger practice. Part of what she does as not just being a doctor in the practice and it's a OBGYN, which means that's completely crazy because they're operating at all hours of the night, day, whatever, right? They don't get to close because somebody could be having a baby. So anyways, on top of what she does is she delivers babies and she also has to oversee the nurses and the nurse practitioners and um, basically also leading her to the final say on who is hired and she also has to be involved in the firings as well because they don't have an HR department. They have an admin who does HR, which we don't need to get into. (laughs) We don't need to go there today. So anyways, they recently integrated two nurse practitioners uh, for their group. And Veronica really had these high hopes, especially for one of them, because the one was on time, the patients loved her, and her paperwork was immaculate. And if you know anything about medical practices, paperwork is a huge deal. So After two weeks, this person, this new nurse practitioner that Veronica loved gave notice and Veronica felt as though she was at fault, okay? Because the rest of the group was going to be pissed at her and and they were because it costs them money, obviously, every time someone doesn't work out, right? Turnover is expensive. So the nurse practitioner really didn't give a reason besides saying it was a poor fit for her. So Veronica did not want to be figuring out what was working and what wasn't with their turnover because, again, she was a busy clinician and was delivering babies on a busy basis. So when she looked at it, of course, pragmatically, she's like, well, you know, we give great benefits and pay. And she felt the work was solid and the environment positive, but was reluctant to ask this person for a personal conversation. Veronica just didn't want to go there. And so she felt personally again, at fault for the situation. And this was something on repeat. Like she has visited this so many times. Like she doesn't do exit interviews because she barely has time for her own paperwork. 
And in our sessions, we discussed her reticence, right? Why, what, why is she holding back? What's the resistance there? Her feeling of not being able to do anything right as a doctor, even though she was excellent. You could look up her reviews. It was like, okay, she has all these accolades. But she seemed to hit a wall because the same issue popped up. It's almost like you feel you have excelled, you've accomplished, you've done all the right things, you are a great girl. I hate to use that word, right? Great girl. But you've done all the things. And so something like this happens, right? And then it all comes crumbling down in your mind. Like, I'm so worthless. What the hell did I do? I have such bad judgment. On and on, right? The incriminations are ridiculous that we give to ourselves. Probably worse than anybody could outside of you. So in our work together, we worked on her patterns and where they came from and her beliefs. And we addressed a lot of her fear and doubt. And then she had me start working with her team in the office, which was a good thing for them because that started to change this whole who can we blame sort of atmosphere and also other people taking on responsibilities because frankly, Veronica was the one who was taking on the most responsibilities outside of being a doctor. So what she decided to do is she started asking questions, which she never really, again, did. She used the excuse of paperwork, but she just really didn't want to hear the answers. And that felt difficult to her because she was afraid there was going to be criticism. She was afraid she was going to hear something she didn't want to hear. And so she basically went to that nurse practitioner on her last day before she left and learned that there was a pattern in their office of behavior that made it really hard for most people to walk into from the outside. And she learned about this high anxiety of perfectionism that actually lived among other people on her staff. So we took on the entire group and worked with some separately and others in groups. It's been a year since we started working together and turnover is very low and morale is very high. That really has changed so much of it because a lot of the stumbling blocks that she kept recrossing had been alleviated. So it's not obviously a perfect place to work. It's not obviously perfect people, but it's helped people achieve confidence, camaraderie, and growth. And Veronica herself was promoted to interim CEO of the group since they decided, <laughs> I just got to laugh, but anyway, since they decided they were going to hire a CEO who was not a medical practitioner to run the business, they just haven't gotten around to doing that, right? And it's because Veronica has always been the one to step up and do things. And of course, sometimes that means you carry more on your back and, you know, she doesn't have to, but... Of course, somebody saying to you, we want you to be interim CEO is something she didn't take lightly and therefore here she is, right? But the good news is that she has stopped personalizing everything and learned that once she did, people responded to her differently. Like people are treating her with more respect. She feels more respected. There is loyalty. Again, the whole office environment has changed. It is not so uptight in terms of the employees and so people actually feel like they are part of a team and that they are all headed in the same direction as far as the goal of the business so what is the solution it's all about you always you can continue to put yourself in the iron maiden figuratively speaking not that anybody really has an iron maiden hanging around right or you can start looking at what triggers you to go down that rabbit hole of believing something is happening again and you somehow should have preempted it. The trigger is as old as your time. How old were you when 
you were blamed for something that you have never stopped being blamed for. Seriously. Oh my God, you're so loud. Oh my God, how did you drop the ball? How come you don't tell the truth when you're talking to everybody? You know, why do you try to make everything funny? I mean, on and on and on, right? Like little personality things, along with things like revenue, right? Turnover, productivity, uh, people who are loyal, disloyal. I mean, the list goes on, right? And so even if nobody outwardly accuses you, what is it that sets you off? Okay, you wanna know, you wanna dig deeper. Don't intellectualize this, by the way, emotionally go into the emotions and what they tell you. You're gonna hear stories, like your brain is just gonna go off into, here's a story about when you did this or that or blah, blah, blah. Those stories are insignificant. They're basically an excuse for your belief. Whatever your belief is about yourself, which might be I'm unworthy, I don't care how many degrees you have, you may still feel I'm unworthy. And when you feel that way, it goes back to some something that happened a long time ago that says no matter how hard you try you fail or no matter how many degrees you get or how smart you are people are going to think you're stupid like there's some kind of uh, belief that we get about ourselves of course this is all about our ego and fear but most of us as children weren't taught any different right so you want to notice that inner critic in your head spouting all sorts of untrue irrational shit and notice how it feels and notice again how old you are and what was happening in those circumstances. That is the first step of awareness. The second step is important too and it's to learn how to break these patterns of behavior that hold you hostage, excuse me, hostage once you are triggered. Not many people have enough awareness to know what is happening at a deeper level and somehow believe this is a part of them. Like, oh, this just happens to me all the time. Oh my God, this is just a part of who I am and I have to deal with it. Well, no, it's not a part of who you are. It's a part of how you perceive who you are in the situation, even if nobody else is perceiving that, even if people are perceiving you differently. It's how you are perceiving yourself and making yourself suffer because you believe you're gathering evidence about yourself that isn't true, which is why I have the programs I do. I have programs for leaders and I have programs where leaders can come in with their teams I do personalized programs. I do custom programs. It is all there because each business is different. Although a lot of the stuff I talk about is really the emotional stuff that gets in the way of enjoying being a leader. So anyways, you can email me at business at tracycrossley.com. You can check my website out, tracycrossley.com. We list some of the programs there. And also, like I said, we do customized programs as well. Oh, and if you want a freebie, I have the freebie about getting rid of your inner dictator on my website. Highly recommend it. It's free. I would get it. So the wake up statement one more time. You are a wealth of knowledge and experience. Everyone knows it, but you don't feel it. Instead of beating yourself up when it's Groundhog's Day, look deeper into what is triggering you to turn on yourself. You have a right to empowerment. You have a right to feel empowered. It really will take courage and time to shift your perspective to moving away from old patterns of behavior and your beliefs and to know what the new ones will be. Well, you can't know those ahead of time. 
<laughs> because you don't know them until they're happening and you're like, oh, I got a new pattern. Anyways, that better serve you as a solid and accomplished leader that you are now. Thank you. Again, if you have any interest in any of my programs, you may go ahead and email or you can even email to let me know of topics that you would like to hear. So thank you so much for joining me and I will talk to you next time. Bye-bye. Thank you for joining today. For more information on Tracy and her programs and to set up a discovery session, email business at tracycrossley.com. That's business at tracycrossley.com and go to tracycrossley.com to get your free download entitled Stop Your Inner Dictator. Thank you for tuning in to Earned Wisdom for Accomplished Female Leaders. Thank you.